Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Last week, the quirky Artisan Hotel near the Strip made national news when they announced plans to become a cannabis-friendly resort. Las Vegas, though, hasn't been exactly tourist-friendly when it comes to consumption because of a ban on public use, and so far that includes hotels. So how likely is the Artisan to pull it off? Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we're joined by the godfather of ganja, Clark County Commissioner Tick Sigerbloom, whose district includes the Artisan. Tick is our highest profile elected official who champions marijuana and even has a strain named after him. It's Tuesday, January 24th, 2023. I'm David Figler, and this is CityCast Las Vegas. Hey, it's really good to have you here, Tick. So let's talk about the Artisan Hotel. How would you describe the Artisan Hotel to someone who's never been there before? Well, um, I would say in concept, it is probably the coolest place in Las Vegas. But if you look at its history, it's been one of those places where, like Vegas has many of them, where there's always somebody coming in, a promoter coming in with a grand idea, big press release, and then nothing ever happens. So. Sure. It's, it's got a, a, a classic Las Vegas history, but it, it's it, from my perspective, it is exactly what they're talking about now, a perfect location for a pot hotel mm. and anything we can do in the city or the county to make that happen. I'm all there. Now, you probably know as much, if not more, about cannabis law as anyone else. You were the one who presented those laws to get the whole ball rolling. So back again, what does that mean, Tick, to be a cannabis-friendly resort? Well, I guess on, on the optimistic side, it means what I've been talking about for 15 years, essentially, or I guess not 15, but at least 10 years, where Las Vegas is the perfect place to become, as part of everything else we do, the cannabis capital of the world. Where We sell advice, uh, we advertise, come here and do something and then go home and no one, and you can talk about it, but no one knows where it happened. So it's, it just fits in perfectly with our culture as far as gambling and, and entertainment and sex and everything else. The problem is, in reality, our state has treated cannabis like heroin. And even with the new laws as far as lounges and stuff, they are so difficult that it's going to be very almost impossible to, to find a way to make money with one now. Now, hopefully this will evolve at some point. But what could be more innocuous than having a hotel where you can go and stay and use it you're not going to harm anybody other than yourself, and and it just fits in perfectly with what we do. But uh, the truth is there's going to be a lot of hoops they're going to have to jump through to, to make the artisan a, a cannabis hotel. Let's say, ideally, they get through a lot of the hoops. What would a cannabis-friendly hotel look like? What sort of amenities do you think in a perfect world would happen in a place like that? Well, first off, I guess the room service menu would be Fritos. Um, <laughs> 
But I mean, it, it's really at the end of the day, it's going to be just like every other hotel. I mean, it's it's that's the irony of the, the, of making this stuff look like heroin because it's just it's another vice we do, but there's no magic to it. It was just what they're describing is having one floor that is just cannabis related, but hopefully they still have a bar downstairs. They would have the pool outside, so it would be a great place for events. Um, you know, a lot of conventions come here, and one of the things they could have would be a cannabis hotel where people that want to use while they're at the convention they could stay there. So I think it's a, it's a project in the works, but they could have great concerts. I've been there with big parties. I've been there with concerts by the pool. I mean, it's, it's got a lot of, of things going for it. And I think that's where Vegas is going to really go is we take the lounge aspect, which is going to start very modest, and then we just go as we do anything else. We take a Motel 6 and make it into a 3,000-room whatever. You know, we just figure out a way to make money. If it doesn't make money, we change it. And we keep trying until it does make money. But there's money to be made in cannabis. Oh, there's no doubt that there's money to be made in cannabis. Now, do you think that there is a possibility that they could go to the level of actually having cannabis accessible for sale there, like in the lounge concept or the dispensary concept in a hotel setting? Well, ultimately, I mean, one of the, the crazy things about this is is right now, you know, the state law says you can't have a dispensary within 1,500 feet of a gaming hotel. Right. I've been talking to the hotels, and frankly, they all have set aside rooms. They're ready for dispensaries inside the hotels. They just can't do it because of federal law and the and the money washing aspect of of the cash. But mm. once it goes legal federally, it comes off of Schedule One. Every hotel in the town's going to have a you know, just like they have a cigar lounge or a bar. They're going to have a dispensary with a lounge attached to it. So that that's just going to happen. The question is, how soon do we get there? And in the meantime, we're going to have things like the artisan lounge. So are you hearing directly as a county commissioner from some of the gaming interests that they are for taking advantage of the cannabis stuff? They're just waiting for the federal government to change their laws so they could switch opinion because they've been pretty against it in a lot of public settings. Yeah. And the truth is, it's really more they don't want an industry to be created outside of them. So they've been trying to hold down the marijuana industry and the lounges as much as possible until they can bring it inside. But yes, I mean, it's, it's they're salivating at this opportunity. I mean, they won't say that publicly, but it's one of those things I can see at the top of the win or the top resorts world having a, a fantastic gourmet dinner where the high rollers come in and then famous chefs come in and each uh, serving, they have a different strain of marijuana or, you know, something like that, or each serving is infused. It fits so perfectly with, with who we are and what we do. Now, I know we're nowhere near that right now from a legal structure. How far away would something like that be, Tick? I said, as soon as Biden switches from Schedule 1, and I honestly think it's going to happen before the 2024 election, I bet within a month the governor calls a special session and we're off to the races. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Wow. Okay. Well, let's go back to this artisan hotel concept. It's getting some play in the media, a cannabis-friendly hotel, all these various amenities. What legal or administrative hurdles are up there for this hotel to actually happen and not just be a bunch of hype? Well, first, there's just the the locality. State law currently says that the lounge cannot be 
I'm assuming that this hotel would be want to become what we call a lounge to start with. Can't be closer than 1,500 feet from a major gaming casino, and that location, as I understand it, is within 1,500 feet of the Palace Station. Hmm. So right there, there's going to have to be some kind of a modification of the state law. If you want to do a modification, what better place could it be? Because you have I-15 between Palace Station and the Artisan. So, and otherwise, it's, it's totally isolated. So it'd be a perfect place to put something and make some type of an exception in the state law. But that's going to have to be an exception. And as you know, those things are not easy to get. And the problem is going to be the hotels would say, well, that's not a problem for us. But they want to want somebody to get their foot in the door. And then, then you start getting more exceptions and more exceptions. And and they'll throw a fit. Yeah, but, no, and I understand that. And now it, it's in your district tick, but it also is over the city line. So they actually would have to follow city regulations. Is that correct? That's correct. So let me ask you, have they gotten a lounge from the city yet? Do you know? No, they haven't even applied and they don't have one. The lounges, most of them were all tied to a dispensary and there is no dispensary there, obviously. But there's also 20 freestanding licenses, 10 social equity, 10 otherwise. And one of those could go to the city, placed at the artisan. Again, assuming it, it, it met the other criteria, which is the 1,500 feet and things like that. But your knowledge, should they even apply in that round to get one of those uh, freestanding well, lounges? Well, I think they just partnered with one of the groups that got one. Those, those have already been issued. I see. Uh, uh, yeah, so it would be very easy to go to one of those and say, look, come over to the Artisan Hotel and partner with us, and here's your location. So that wouldn't be hard to do, again, but for the 1,500-foot rule. So from what you're hearing about this project, is this model the same or different from the consumption lounges that have already been sort of envisioned and presented uh, that business owners applied for already? I think it could fit into this, the current definition. It's definitely a little bit... Um, unusual but i think there's a way to fit primarily what the state regulations say is you have to be a certain distance from casinos and churches and things like that and then you also have to have good air quality some massive air machines and stuff like that so they could put all that stuff into the into the building and make sure that the air quality when the marijuana areas was okay again they could partner with a someone who has a lounge license the lounges don't have their own sales ability anyway they, they have to partner with a dispensary to have the marijuana delivered to them Right, right. So that part would fit fine. So, I mean, they, they, we could certainly bend the rules to make it happen. It's just that, and in like, like everything else in Las Vegas, you know, if you need to bend the rules, you bend the rules. But right now they have a couple of hurdles. And and they're calling this project the Lexi. Tick, in your opinion and from your vantage point, is Lexi uh, a Frito pie in the sky or are they on track to someday becoming reality? Well, honestly, if, if they have the financial capitals hang around, I think they are a reality. But it's not going to just be overnight. It's going to take some, you know, get it open and, and stick with stuff and then keep working with all the regulators to, to figure out the sweet spot there. But I've been talking about this forever as far as this is what we do. So what could be better than a, a pot hotel? And I understand they also, they're actually partners or they're owned by a company that has one already in Phoenix, which I was not aware of. So it'd be fun to go down to Phoenix and see what how it works down there, and then come back and say, look, if you can do it in Phoenix, you can do it here. When we first passed marijuana in 2013, the way I got it passed was we went to, to Phoenix right. and said, look, if Arizona, the right-wing crazy state, can have <laughs> marijuana dispensaries, medical marijuana dispensaries, then sure as shit, uh, Las Vegas can do them. And that okay. was kind of the, the tipping point. Well, I mean, this definitely sounds like a Tick Sigerbloom field trip that people would want to get uh, their parents to let them go on. And by parents, I just mean themselves because you're only going to take adults. Okay. Hey, well, hopefully you could, the podcast could come with us. 
Oh, I would love that. I would love that. I want to just kind of switch gears a little bit. What criticisms are you hearing about the sort of renaissance of pot? Well, it's kind of like when I first passed the law. I mean, the politicians will talk to you blue in the face about all the problems, primarily about people driving up, going inside, getting high, get back in the car and go out and killing somebody. Yeah. And and when you point out that, you know, that's what bars are and that's, you know, people drive up to bars all the time, go in and have 10 shots of tequila, go back in their car. And honestly, they do kill people, which they, which pot would not happen. But I mean, that's, that's again, part of our culture. So we can learn to deal with that. This hotel, the best part about this is you don't have to get in your car and go somewhere so you can get stoned and, and go out and sit by the pool or go to the bar or go back to your room. Uh, you wouldn't even have to get in a car. We can also limit it to Ubers and things like that. So I mean, there, there's ways around it, but that's the, the biggest hurdle is the perception that somehow uh, people are going to get back in their car and, and be crazy. And the fact is, all these horrors that they predicted in 2013, none of them will come true. I know you've been a um, big supporter of cannabis because of the economic impact that was projected, especially for education, stuff like that. Are you hearing people questioning whether or not enough money is going to education or how that's working out? Well, initially, when we had the, the, the problem with getting the money, the tax, which is about $150 million a year, to education because we didn't get that bill passed until after the education budget was closed. So we had to put it somewhere else and take it out of the rainy day fund, and there was all kinds of machinations. But the truth is, it's going directly to education. That's all it does. But it also, it's not doesn't make a huge difference for the education budget. It is more money than, than alcohol pays, which obviously is terribly wrong. Uh, so there's lots of reasons why we should treat other industries like we treat marijuana, but it, it's actually been very successful as far as a, a, a revenue source, unbelievably successful. Last question, Tick. You've been a very vocal supporter for cannabis in many manifestations in Las Vegas. How do you see a cannabis-friendly hotel like the Lexi helping Las Vegas? Well, as I've been saying again for years, is that this is who we are. I mean, we sell vices. We spend millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars telling people what happens here stays here. I mean, that's, that was our message around the world. So that's part of our who we are, and cannabis is part of that. And the other thing is that we have the chance, if we do this right quickly, we can be known as the marijuana capital of the world, which I think is, is really important. Because right now, you know, Denver, people think of Denver or Amsterdam, whatever, but I've been saying we're, we're the Amsterdam on steroids. We can do this thing better than anybody can do. We have Electric Daisy Carnival. I'm doing the Lovers and Friends concert right there next to the uh, Artisan at, at Las Vegas Boulevard in Sahara, right across the, Sahara, the festival grounds in three months. I mean, that's going to be 15,000 or maybe even 30,000 people that would just be perfect to be out there listening to the concert, smoking a joint. I mean, the reality is when you, when you drink alcohol, you get violent. When you smoke a joint, what do you do? You lay back. So it's, it's perfect for these you large You rock events. out to Missy Elliott is what you do. Yeah. We're going to have the new um, uh, Sphere opening up in the fall with U2. I mean, what better could be than to have a place in there where you could go smoke a joint or whatever you want to smoke or eat, whatever, and then get in that thing and just have your mind blown. It's, it's so natural to where we're going that it's just crazy that people don't see what I see. But I guess that's part of part of why I do what I do. Hey, Tick, thank you so much for joining us on CityCast Las Vegas today. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, and I think people are really interested in this topic. So thanks again for uh, giving us a little bit of information. Yeah, and thank you for what you're doing. It's very important for Las Vegas to appreciate Las Vegas.
And now for some news before you go. The Review Journal is asking a judge to impose sanctions on Metro related to searching a cell phone owned by slain reporter Jeff Gehrman. The paper argues that the First Amendment and Nevada Shield law should have halted Metro's effort. Metro doesn't seem to deny snooping, but argues both necessity and a technicality, saying the paper doesn't even have standing to object. And here's an update on the Beverly Theater, the highly anticipated new art house going up downtown. It'll open March 3 with a week of events. Highlights include novelist Walter Kern, cult filmmaker Paul Schrader, and Las Vegas hip-hop star Echo. That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, sober or stoned, and especially our unique take on a topic others may be talking about, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Talk soon. Talk soon.